Welcome to Take Flight Podcast with Daniel Johnson, Olu Okonola, Pabilo Timbo and Shuel Ahmed as your hosts. Take Flight Podcast is released weekly, giving you behind the scenes business views into multiple industries, as well as highlighting the backstories of entrepreneurs and leaders in their respective spaces. We will also be breaking down business models, examining latest trends in businesses and sharing our learnings along the way. Take Flight Podcast is a university business class packaged for a diverse and inclusive audience. We blend this together for a unique and exciting look into the world of business. Join us, your hosts, who are coming from underrepresented backgrounds in the UK, have since worked and traveled to over 100 countries, learned our craft in some of the largest companies in the globe, started our businesses, as well as invested across multiple asset classes. As we give you a unique and inclusive perspective with the mission to help other potential flyers get ready to take flight. Since its start in 2019, Take Flight Podcast has grown to have listeners in over 50 countries. It's in the top 5% of podcasts globally and continues to grow and expand. Come join a growing community. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. Hello everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Take Flight Podcast, episode number 119. Now this episode is another special one and as you have guessed from the title with it being a Take Flight Talks episode... These episodes are where we interview thought leaders sharing with us their journey and expertise on how they've been able to take flight in their respective arena. Now, today's very special guest is Nish, a young man of many talents who is a British singer, songwriter and musician of Bangladeshi descent. Now, Nish made his official debut in a Bengali remix of Mumsy Stranger's original song, Jan Atki, which became the first Bengali track to reach number one on the iTunes world charts. Very much a household name in the Asian music scene, Nish is well known for his ability to provide a contemporary twist to popular music, and his diverse music is highly regarded and ranges in style as well as language. And Nish has also released a number of his own songs, written and composed from scratch, and building on this success with his singles, Nish's first album, entitled Identity, was the first Bangla album to make it to the top spot on the iTunes world charts. In addition to performing to capacity audiences and creating much-loved musical content, he has collaborated with major musical icons across the United Kingdom. Often referred to as a pioneer of modern British Bengali music, Nish's repertoire has been constantly evolving as a result of his enthusiasm and education in music from a young age. Now, on top of all of this, Nish has a strong audience across multiple platforms, more than 380,000 subscribers on YouTube, more than 50,000 followers on Instagram, and an additional 80,000 on TikTok. Now, if all the above isn't impressive enough, Nish has overcome his fair share of challenges too, in recent years being diagnosed with cancer and beating it. So it's an honor to have Nish with us today. In this episode, we'll be discussing Nish's journey from his younger years to becoming a musician today, his why and the economics of the musical business, and lots of tips and recommendations for others starting out hoping to take flight. Now let's hit the music and start the episode. Take off, take flight with you. We never fly, but we're flying. It's a serious intro. <laughs> always Please, serious, always. Right? Every, solid. Yeah, always serious. Always That's serious. a solid intro. That's like Tom <laughs> Belou from Impact Theory. So Nish, welcome to Take Flight Podcast. As you can probably already tell, we are all very, very excited to have you on. So the audience has heard an intro at the beginning, but how would you describe your journey in your own words? Um, it's been crazy, uh, unexpected, 
and um, every day I've learned something new. I would say if, if I was to really like briefly put it, I'd, I'd, I'd uh, say those three things. And is there any part of your your journey? I mean, I, I know I spoke about it in the in the introduction, but is there any part of your journey that you wanted to to highlight as really this period was probably the most transformational for you? I would say because a, a lot of people actually give a little bit of background on on my kind of academic side as well. Is I basically was at university when I first got into music, so I was in my final year of undergrad, and um, I was doing I was studying computer science at Queen Mary. Uh, I was picked up by uh, Mumsy Stranger. So he's like a, another artist in the same kind of space, but he's a more senior artist than me. Been doing it for 10 years, etc. He picked me up. He saw my talent and he said, look, how would you, you know, like, uh, it kind of essentially opened the door for me to, for me to spread my wings. So I've got to give a shout out to, uh, to Mumsy uh, for that. But it was more a case of like him saying, open, opening the door and then me pushing through and then expressing myself and, I feel like after my um, my university degree finished, after I graduated, I went on to do a master's degree also in computer science. And that was the kind of defining point for me because I felt like after university going, making that transition into a music career, especially with a subject that's kind of unrelated, if you could say, you know, a computer science master's doing uh, music, it was kind of unrelated. And that was, I would say, and the way I describe it to everyone is the leap of faith. Uh, for all musicians all musicians have that one leap of faith where they it's almost like a make or break decision you can either so I, I had the choice of going into full-time employment and doing music part-time or going straight into music but I felt like that decision was super important because had I not done that I might not have had the opportunities I might not have had the drive to do it the way that I've done it now so I felt like yeah that leap of faith it could have went both ways it could have it could have uh, been an unsuccessful leap of faith, uh, but it would take a lot more building up again. But I felt like that was quite a successful leap of faith for me because I got a chance to build my um, portfolio, as you'd say, uh, build my catalogue music, build my skill set. I think from then to now, the amount of things that I've just learned uh, have been incredible. And uh, it, yeah, it's all part of the journey things uh, every day. So I think in that in that journey that you shared, Nish, I know you you went over it very quickly, but there are a lot of gems there for our listeners in terms of that transition, trying to find a mentor who is in that space already, someone that can pull mm -hmm. you up. And I'm sure you've been able to repay that faith across uh, other future artists as well. And also that that sure. leap of faith. Probably one one question around um, that leap of faith moment. How how what was going through your mind at that particular period? And was there a was it was there any period where you were back and forth with it, or was it just hundred percent jump and now I'll now I'll go? I think there was a lot of uh, things attached to that leap of faith. Um, you know, cultural stigma, um, be, doing a, a full time like a lot of people. One of the things that a lot of people would ask me is, "Dude, you have a master's degree in computer science. What are you doing doing music? You know, um, why are you why are you not going into full time employment and you know." Um, working in a financial background or thing, which there's nothing wrong with, but uh, as you guys know, sure, you know my brother, he's also in a financial background as well. But for me, is I could never, from from that being that being said, music was something that I always had a passion for. It was more than just a hobby. It was more than just something that you know I liked doing on the side. It was something that I genuinely enjoyed doing, and learning from it was something that I would sit, I would find myself learning stuff about music 
that I wouldn't do during university, you know, doing times and riches on my laptop out and I'd be searching stuff on music and, and, and whatnot. So I felt like there were so many things attached to it. And I think the whole fact of um, enjoying what you're doing, waking up in the morning and, and my office being my studio. And, you know, that that for me is like the, one of the biggest pleasures. I, you know, one of the biggest flexes I would for me is the fact that, you know, this is this is my this is my thing. This is my office. So, yeah, that's there, there, there was a lot of things that were positive and also negative wise as well. If you look from a financial perspective and an economic perspective, going kind of leap of faith into immediately is a big first and foremost investment. But at the same time, it's um, it's very tough financially on you. If you're a graduate, you know, you're paying back student debts, you're paying back, uh, you know, so many things that you're, you know, if you lived if you're living outside of it. I was lucky I got to li- I, I live with my parents so you know I didn't have those things hanging over my head but you know some people are not as they're not as fortunate so for me it was very I had a chance to kind of focus on it but it was tough the first couple of years I didn't really see a return because it was all about building your name building your uh, your brand building your your IE music business and mm. after the first few years of investing 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 any money that I'd get from shows, I would put it into studio equipment. And, you know, these mics, these speakers, they're not, they're not cheap, especially if you're coming uh, from a, you know, if you're, if you're coming into a professional musical background, you can't be using the normal microphones or the normal speakers that, you know, most people are using. You have to have a professional setup uh, to some extent. So I thought that was one of the biggest challenges that I faced was being able to balance things out. And I was very lucky that I had support from, you know, my brother Naeem, my parents, that, uh, supported me not just not even just financially there were because I feel like a lot of it was me figuring out you know I used to work at JD Sports a lot of people don't know that um work out I was doing retail jobs at the same time while I was doing music just to kind of make ends meet with it um after graduating and I felt like the, just having that moral support of my family helped me kind of go through it and not stop at any point and think that you know this is not worth it because everyone's like look you've got talent you may as well do something with it that's that's where I where I got with it. When did you realize that you had the talent? Because I think, or I could speak for myself, growing <laughs> up, everyone thought they could do music, right? A few yeah. of us tried to rap at one period of time. <laughs> but when did you get that confidence to say, you know what, I'm actually talented enough to go further down this music lane? I think response is everything. So when you put something out, you never really know. And this is something that all artists have um where we sometimes have this uh, insecurity of us is sometimes when we put stuff out we're not sure we kind of put it out it's, it can work either way sometimes you feel like something is so good you put it out there and not many people connect with it and something that you might put out that you don't really have much of an expectation for blows up and like i said it's more about a response when when a group of people start to say hang on this is when you got like a majority of people saying yo this is quite good when you start showing people um, naturally your confidence as an artist uh, goes up and I, I do believe that there's there's a there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance but you know because sometimes you can think you're too good and then get get put back <laughs> down again really quickly <laughs> and we've all had that so I, I felt like at that point I've been singing since I was five old so it's always been something that's kind of embedded in me. I've never really thought about oh I'm good at this I want to you know I've got a talent in it I just thought that this was a part of me it's, it's mm. one of those things where it just it was something that was a part of me and I thought 
it wasn't it never really came to my brain it never really computed that oh i'm good at this i'm you know i'm not good at this it was always like this is what i can do because it comes naturally to me and when i when i done it i think the audience and, and people started seeing that hang on this guy you can do something you know um and it's just the general learning and understanding of the whole of the whole process mm. so just um so a big factor component of success is is like looking at people's why right and i know you spoke a little bit about you know the passion and the desire for music itself but yeah. why maybe for our audience why the music business because you could have just continued having this talent and you know worked uh, in a traditional setting so why the music business and then within the actual business help us understand what is that that you focus on what is it that you do so the music business is something that took me a few years to properly understand and obviously like you said going in there at the beginning is something that you've got passion for and you kind of blindly go into it sometimes I, I feel like I did kind of blindly go into it I, I, yeah. I went into it because I thought man I, I love doing this it's something that you know I enjoy but if we kind of flip it to the to the business side of things um, what blew my mind essentially was the fact that I could make a song and make money off singing and make money off my own voice that for me was some that was a concept that blew my mind once i found out we you know about royalties and distribution and and you know getting paid for shows i remember when i was when i was growing up and doing i would want to get onto shows for free and say oh guys can you put me on or you know pay for a travel to get onto these shows and perform and then to understand that i was like, hang on you know i'll get paid to be booked to go somewhere and, and to sing my yeah, own yeah, music yeah. to sing music to sing music that i wrote to sing music that i made for me that was like wow this is this is a really good life and <laughs> and and obviously once i understood how distribution worked and and i feel like in this 20 like 21st century of music it's a lot uh, i would say it's a lot more accessible to be a musician now and to make a career out of it because of the platforms such as you know streaming platforms spotify apple music back in the days 10 years ago we'd be going out selling cds on camden market saying you want to buy my mixtape <laughs> it was it was the grind that's what it was mm. you know and and, and there's a, there's an art to that to that grind as well but we're a bit lucky because we can just go online you know distribute stuff put it out there and get paid off royalties and stuff like that and get paid off um off bookings uh, get paid off branding endorsements there's a there's a whole thing that comes with being an artist there's brand branding you know you as an artist once you build yourself as a, as a following certain people want to invest money in you for their own brand you might get like a, i had i had a deal with a champion europe which is like a, a major clothing brand for, for them mm -hmm. to sponsor some stuff in my music video these are things that i didn't know that you could do i was just thinking to myself i was like man i used to go out and buy buy your clothes i used to buy, and, and champion is an example of of how everything kind of interlinks and, and i'm sure you guys got a question regarding social media and stuff uh, in a bit but um, it all kind of goes as one so in a nutshell with the music business is when i found out that how much could be made and how like I, I call it little effort. The reason I call it little effort because this is something that comes to second nature as me. Like I would not be able to, you know, work a job doing programming because it's something that doesn't come like that to me. It's something that I'd have to learn. And and, and again, it's just an example. Whether it be you know any sort of industry, any sort of t uh, any sort of skill set, I would find it difficult because it's something that I'd have to learn and do. Something like music is something that 
it's just natural to me. So I felt like this was like a, it's almost like an easy way out, if that makes sense, <laughs> to, to make money. Because I was like, I, I know what to do here. And then, yeah, once it all kind of fit in place, it, it, it was just like a seamless, it was like a seamless engine. Just to, just to follow up on that, I love, love the insights. Um, do you find yourself focusing more on the business aspect of the music or still nurturing your talent? I guess you, you have to nurture your talent to, to continue to be great. But where do you find yeah. your focus being having to be more on? Because the business side sounds, it's, it's huge, significant, and you have to get that right, yeah. of course. Yeah, the business side is massive. Uh, I think at this current moment in time, so it really depends. Um, mm. It really depends on what, so my day-to-day is really strange because there's like two weeks where I'm flat out in the studio and then two weeks I'm doing nothing at all. And and, and pe- my family find that so strange. They're just like, you're sleeping for two weeks. <laughs> or like, we don't see you for two weeks. And and it, and it really depends, P, because if you think about it, when I'm doing running studio sessions, then my sole focus is on creative, on creating, on, on the whole creative, doing the music. And when I'm not doing that, when I've got like a product, when I've done creating, that's when the PR, that's when the business comes in. That's when, okay, how are we going to, how are we building our deck to sell these records? How are we, what are we putting, what kind of money are we putting into the, into the promo? What kind of money are we putting into ads? Uh, how much are we going to make off this? Who's going to hear it? That's when, that's then, that's on the non-creative side. I say non-creative, it's still a creative, but mm-hmm. from making music and not making music, they're the two kind, they're the two things I would separate. And at this current moment in time, I'm, kind of on the non-music side of it at the moment my brain is a little bit in the whole business side at the moment business but side. then give it a few months i'm going to be creating again and then my brain's going to be in in music that's the best way for me to explain it love it yeah love it and who's where did you learn the business side because i guess there's so much complexity there and i heard mm-hmm. you say before that you were learning sort of on the job right which yeah. meant you made some mistakes there but who do yeah. you get advice in terms of Am I doing this the right way? Is this the yeah. right deal or partnership I should do? Should I put it on YouTube versus put it on Spotify exclusively? Like, what is, mm-hmm. where do you get that knowledge from? So the truth of the matter is, is a lot of that stuff comes on the job. Like you said, it comes from trial and error. I think music is one of those things where mm. you can put something out, you can have a bad time and you just learn so many things from it. But, Overall, I think it got boils back to uh, me having a mentor in Mumsy. Uh, so Mumsy Stranger, it was the, the guy that picked me up um, when I was first starting off and showing me the ropes because he his back just to give you some context because his background is also Bangladeshi, UK born uh, singer and he was one of the first Bangladeshi uh, sorry, people of Bangladeshi descent, one of the artists that was basically. Uh, doing well in like the quote-unquote mainstream he was in top 10 uh, back in 2010 back in 2008 working with uh, amazing artists he was part of the Rishi Rich Jay Sean and Juggy D project so I'm sure you guys have heard of that that's like a that was like a big deal so I think it's invaluable to have and and not again not just in music in any business is to have someone who's had years Mm -hmm. of industry experience years of you know out in the field experience like there's certain things about him that I've picked up that he might not even have taught me directly. I just looked at him and I thought, man, I like performing certain things when it comes to performing, I, I see and I pick it up. Uh, as for the business side of things, if I don't understand it, you know, I'll get on a phone call to him and be like, hey, bro, um, you know, this is not adding up. How how do I do this? Or, you know, what what do I do in this step? And, and again, it's just having that second opinion. 
I, I love that answer because I think for our listeners, it's just it's translatable to whatever industry you're in. Mm, the ability yeah. of finding a mentor, someone that's done in that space, not someone that's just talking about it, but someone that's actually mm. lived that experience and hands you that blueprint where you can then learn and imitate and change based on sort of the current times if needed. But I think that's just beautiful because that translates to any industry or any any aspect that someone's working on. Um, Nish, I've got want to ask a question. So all of us on the podcast come from either an African or Asian background, you know, a household. Yeah. And you've you've done an undergrad, you've done a master's in uh, courses that aren't easy. Computer science, you know, they're not. You just they're not. You know, the the traditional easy courses. They require some brain power, some level of you know um, aptitude that you have to apply, and of course intelligence. So when you broke it to your family, so your parents, how did they take it when you said? I want to pursue music full time because <laughs> you mentioned that they supported you financially and yeah. in other ways and other capacities mm-hmm. along the along the way. But initially, when you said it to them, how did they take it? Because you know, Oli mentioned earlier about rapping, and you know, when you're in your teenage years, you either want to be a footballer yeah. or a rapper, and your parents quickly <laughs> shoot, you know, shut down that idea. So, what was what were you, what was your parents' take, especially when you've gone through university, you've succeeded in an undergrad degree and also masters, and it, so yeah, in your own words, how would you, how how would you describe that? I think I had to take a you know like a deck with me and you know like a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> like, no, I'm joking. No. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what? Actually, I'm so lucky because at the beginning, I would say like one person who is flat out just supported it. You know, blindly supported it was my mum. Her thing was do it if it makes you happy. Do it uh, if you're good at it. Because her 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 thing is. Whatever you do, whether it's mu- what, what, in whatever field you do, just make sure you're like very good or the best at it. Like w- it may be where, whatever it may be, just make sure you're amongst the elite at doing that. So I feel like that I had to kind of take that seriously. I was like, man, I'm I'm doing music. I need to not be a slouch with it now. And mm. and I think I think outside of everything as well, everyone saw how much work I put into it beforehand mm. as something that was just a quote unquote hobby. And once so so when I when I released my first single, Janatki, that was before I actually graduated university. So that was like a, a sign. Everyone was like, whoa, hang on. You've just done something here that no, you know, no one has achieved. So okay, if you so it was almost like I had the I had the numbers to back me up. When I went in, mm. when I went into the to the um when I went into to show my business deck, there was like <laughs> I had the numbers, I had number one. <laughs> You know, I had I had number one. And those KPIs. Yeah, 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 I had yeah. it. I had, I had the um, I had literally the, the the targets and everything. You know, I had a a, a two year plan and said this is what I was gonna do. <laughs> so it was one of those things, man. Um, I think it took my my father a little bit longer to understand, simply because uh, trying to explain it to, I guess, like you said, um, parents with a South Asian or you know, African background, they might not understand it immediately because it's like, okay, this is not being a doctor. This is not being a lawyer. This is not being a, you know, the the amazing, amazing careers that people have, but it's just something that, all right, this is away from that. We don't really understand it. So I had to really sit and, you know, explain it to my dad and uh, for him to understand. And one of the most beautiful things was we went to back to a holiday. Uh, so we went back to Bangladesh in 2019 for like a family trip. And when I was out there, I was recognized by so many people and, you know, mm. like people in the public, people, like on the street, it was insane. And I, my, my dad saw that. And I think that was the, the, the kind of 
oh yeah, my son actually he's he's doing something quite <laughs> sick here. I think when he saw that, I think it, it kind of clicked with him because it wasn't just about you know money, it wasn't just about uh fame, it was more about a vision of doing something, being Bengali and taking the music mm. to like another level. I think that was one of the biggest drivers for me while doing music. And because my parents understood that, it was it, it was an easy transition for me. I think that's really good. I think having the support of at least, you know, one of your parents really does help you push. And conversely, mm-hmm. even if your dad didn't believe in it at the beginning, it's almost like... You I think he didn't understand it more than anything else. <laughs> I think it just didn't make sense to him. Not that he didn't believe in it. I think it was a bit harsh, but he didn't, he, he didn't really get it. So once he understood mm. it, he was like, okay, I see what you're doing now. Yeah, so you're going to take more trips back to Bangladesh then? So you could. Uh... <laughs> yes, so I'm, 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 off, I'm, off, I'm off next week. <laughs> so... yeah, I, I just, it's, 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 no longer, it's no longer trips to Bangladesh. This this young man is getting flown out there to perform, Daniel. It's a different level now. Different level. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, no, pretty, um, I think, good. Nish, you mentioned before about social media. So if we switch over to sort of social media, and we've mm-hmm. seen sort of the the advancement in social media and giving people such a global reach as we're moving forward and we're seeing sort of the growth of tiktok and these other social media platforms what are you looking forward to when you think about music and social media so i always thought with social media i'm i'm guilty right so social media i'm not very good on social media so i got like a team that looks after my social medias and stuff so i log on it from time to time i do check it i do um i do use it but I feel like social media now for me is a tool for enhancing my brand, enhancing my product. And what I mean by that is, for example, if tomorrow social media, all social medias became offline, um, I would still have, um, you know, Spotify and stuff that people can hear my music off. But for me, it's um, again, it wasn't never it was never really a huge priority for me. It's something that was always there for me. The priority, the creative priority has always been you know, in the, in the studio, making the music. But coming back mm. to the point that I was saying to P as well, is now coming back to your, you know, the two weeks where I'm not in the studio, where I'm uh, figuring stuff out, making, you know, making the plans, making the decks for, for selling this music. Social media is in a very, very important role in it now. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I at the beginning, I gave a lot of impotence on um, on Instagram and Twitter. I quite like using Twitter for like, you know, I think it's a very funny social media. There's a lot of jokes on Twitter. but um, <laughs> And it's a very good news updating social media for me. So in terms of music, I don't really post too much stuff music-wise there. Mm. It kind of translates throughout all my social medias, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, Instagram is something that I feel like it's a great social media, but things are moving away from Instagram and now onto TikTok. And TikTok for me is the big one. It's the future mm. because the algorithm on the TikTok is crazy. There's the, the, the amount of things that go viral there for, you know, I've seen some great stuff on TikTok go viral. I've seen some horrible stuff on TikTok go viral, but <laughs> the, 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 the common factor is they're both viral. They're viral. So <laughs> they're both going viral. So again, as, as an artist, if this is our income, if we're making money from every stream, if we're making money from every, from every click, um, we need to pay attention to it. We need to, strategize in a way that we can maximize on um using these social medias i had no i'll be honest with you i had no clue about tiktok my brother was the one that showed me tiktok and he's uh, he literally was like you're an idiot you're not using tiktok i'm like i don't know how to use it i felt like i was a bit old for it he's like no 
Like, and he's old, he's older than me. He's the one saying to me, "No, you got to do it like this. You got to do it like that." To a point, he's making the videos for me and saying, "Look, you got to post these." But you know, in the last six months, I went from thirteen k to eighty k plus in TikTok, and that just shows the growth of how amazing that social media is and how how much of a reach it has. So with social media, it's very important for us artists. It's all part of the deck. It's all part of the mm. the selling strategy of what we're doing. We're putting money into doing social media ads. We're putting money into seeing our showing snippets of our music on social media, so people look at it and say, "This song's a good song. I need to go and check it out." Nish, if you need, um, I'm sure she was on TikTok. So if you need some dance choreographed or something like that, I'm sure she could <laughs> come is, up with some is, sort of dance. I think. Um, I mean, if if people had to see my dance moves versus your dance moves, Olu, I mean, the way that your hips are moving at the moment. Just one second. Just another question for you, like. Yeah. During, because you mentioned about using social media for sort of selling and promoting your music. Whilst you're in the creative stage, have you started thinking about, okay, how can I make this song more viral for sort of TikTok? Has that process started to come to you or you're like, no, I'm just going to be authentic to making the music. And if it goes viral, it goes viral. Or are you taking that into your creative process when it comes to making music? I think that's a great question, Olu, because it's about, and, and I believe anyway, this is my, my belief is that it's about striking a right balance between uh, authenticity and commercial. So what I mean by that is, as an artist, one of, one of the biggest USPs I have as an artist is that, you know, I mix languages. I sing in Bangla, I sing in English, I mix genres. Um, at the same time, that I've... I've well, I feel like I've not deviated away from that over the last six years of me making music. But at the same time, it's very, very important to be able to follow uh, times and follow trends. Because trends, what are trends? Trends are stuff that if you don't get on that wave, if you're not on that ship, that ship's going to sail and you're going to be stranded, left behind and not be a part of that. So if you want to be a mm. part of the the trend and be a part of the the ship that's going at 100 miles an hour or however you know however fast it's going you need to kind of jump on board of it so so there is elements of us adding that oh this will be great for tiktok or this will be great for instagram or this oh this is a great club banger or this will be a good song for a night ride or this will be a good song to connect with this crowd this will be a good song to connect with that crowd i think it's super important that we have that mentality as well when creating music otherwise it's going to be hard for you to branch your audience out the whole the, the whole thing is as artists we have an audience we have a you know we're very lucky that we have fans but it's about you know branching your musical uh, you, you know the roots of your music getting it to so many different places or, uh, across the world because people is power the more people are listening to your music the more power your music has nice i love that Nish, I, I like sorry um sure no, I, Nish, I like Sorry, yeah, I like the way um, you talk about streams. You know, multiple streams of income is is part of our DNA in this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, question, actually, maybe for clarification: are, are you an independent artist or are you part of a label? Um, does that so, question even make sense? I, I mean, to not make no, sense, no, of course, of course, yeah. of course. So, so there, there's a few uh, things that a lot of people probably, if they don't understand, in terms of music scene, uh, you have independent artists that are basically owning their masters releasing their own music, distributing their own music and earning 100% of their of their income. So yeah. that's basically what, what I am at the moment, right? But 
certain projects um so i i like i'm not saying i don't like working with uh, labels uh, i work with labels uh, currently my last single was with another label as well um but what i like doing is project based stuff i think gone are the days of mm. you know record labels saying here you go here's half a million pounds we're going to invest in you and then you know we own you kind of thing i think that doesn't really exist as much anymore i think record deals now because when you when you think about record deals back in the days people would uh, it's quite a scary thing uh, you know ownership of an artist ownership of your own work ownership of your your creative work it's uh, scary mm. But I feel like nowadays some of the deals they don't consist of that, and some of the deals that I work with, I'm still a very much independent artist. But what I do now is I license some of my music. I work on uh, on licensed deals. So, for example, my previous single that just came out, that's a song that I produced, I you know wrote, I I did everything for, but that was licensed to a label because in return I got the song sold to the label, so I got paid for the uh, paid for the single. Secondly, any of the marketing budget all of the digital marketing budgeting, um, the YouTube, the, the actual video, me getting thrown out, all of that stuff. And that's stuff that I call, I call it tangible and intangible. Tangible mm. stuff is stuff that you make physical money off. And intangible is stuff like you make, you reap the benefit of, for example, whether you'd want to call it clout or hype or um, stuff to aid your career. That's not, that kind of money can't buy. This is, these are yeah. things that money can't buy, you know, um, viewership, uh, audience to grow the audience and stuff like that. They're things that you, that you'd literally be paying a PR thousands of thousands of pounds to be doing. But, you know, if the label were taking the song, that was the kind of trade-off that we had. It was like, you guys deal with all of that stuff. I'll give you the song. Um, you guys cover the video, you guys cover the marketing, you guys do. And that's kind of how it works with a lot of, so so a lot of, uh, so a lot of these times people have splits as well. So an example, a, a wild example would probably be like a 50-50 split of the master. Um, the label will take 50 to, to uh, you know, to, for the money that they invested in it. And you might take 50 because that's your own work. So it, it really depends. Some people are comfortable giving away more splits. Some people are comfortable giving away less. Some people don't want to give away any at all. Some people want to mm. give away at all so it really depends on what works for you what kind of shoe fits in your musical uh journey for me like i said the whole independent factor fit really well because i can kind of you know i can produce i can engineer i can sing i can record mm. myself i have my own studio i i don't really see the you know the point of doing every single thing under a label unless i need to so at this moment in time, I don't need to. But when I do need to, I can, you know, pitch my projects, pitch a deck to a label and say, look, I've got a, you know, I've got an EP that I'd like to, you know, and then come to an agreement. So that's kind of how it works. Nice. nice. Love it. Love it. I think, um, Nish, I think what, what everything that you've said so far, I think it all demonstrates why we all thought it would be great to have you on the podcast, because this goes beyond music. There's so many lessons that you're sharing that whether it's music, whether it's real estate, whether it's any investment class, any business that you want to create yourself. I think there are a lot of lessons that you're that you're sharing. So I hope the listeners are making notes either in physical with their with their notepads like olu does or even in notes on the on the iphone um but one, one question i had uh, nish and just to double click a little bit on that business perspective that you were discussing with with pavilo because you mentioned i mean you've got the championship sponsorship you've got touring you've got royalties you've got licensing that you've just mentioned very curious to know over the next 12 to 24 months what are your priority areas from a business perspective and where are you really uh, narrowing down on I think I've got a crackdown on distribution and just kind of, I, I think catalog numbers, 
uh, of number of releases because the thing with music and the thing how royalties work and you know you can you can make money off music that you've released five years ago five years five years later you'd still make money off it ten years later you still make money off it as long as that music is out you're making money off that so it's mm. like a it's like a snowball effect you can kind of say it's whenever it comes out it's, it, it will the more things you have the more money you make off it in, in very simple terms the more uh, the more songs you have out the more money you make from it so that's kind of where I want to be um, in the next it's like a two I, I'm, I'm putting myself like a two-year project that's a two year about 18 months I would say I'm giving myself 18 months to kind of really have a um and, and this is more kind of like the next step of my career I would say mm-hmm. um understanding how building the catalog having that background so that when you know I may not be as relevant anymore because that that's what happens with with artists and musicians you have a period where you're popping and unfortunately, you might not be popping. You might get a new kid on the block who's 10 times better than you. It's it's just the way that it works. So mm-hmm. when, so it's about preparing for when you're not um, going to be the top, uh, at the top of the game. How are you still going to be there? How are you still going to be, you know, Dr. Dre? How are you still going to be Timberland? How are you still going to be, um, you know, these moguls who are billionaires making money off music when they're hardly, when they're, they're not really releasing music? as much anymore 50 cent is a great example 50 cent mm. is is one of the richest men in tv right now he's a rapper and and that's because he's he's put himself uh, you know he's done the whole um series power everything because because again it's something it's a different avenue a different stream of income so with me what i'm trying to do is after i've built my catalog of of music once i've you know had fun with that i'm going to be looking into video because mm. I, I come from a video editing background, a video background from like, from back in the days, from before music even. So I think that's just kind of like a, that's kind of like a passion project for me where I want to, you know, get into video and and and, and whatnot. I, I still, I've directed a lot of music videos myself, but I haven't actually put my name on it um, because mm. it's one of those things that I've just done out of, you know, out of passion. And yes, yeah, so I'm going to look at doing doing more things, look at, alternative business avenues but within the music scene or within the creative space and, and Nish when you th- thanks for that and that, that's very insightful um what, what you shared and when you look at that time horizon that Cheryl mentioned about the next 12 to 18 months um and looking at that catalog have you looked at in, in the example that you gave your brother showing you the TikTok space have you looked into NFTs when you can look at <laughs> getting those royalties and what's funny I think what's funny is Ollie's pitching Ollie's pitching agent services he's giving Nisha something to think about Ollie, uh, Daniel's coming on NFTs and I'm sitting there thinking real estate so we got <laughs> but Nish go ahead go ahead <laughs> no of course of course I think I think it would be unwise for me to ignore any of that stuff because you know I'm I'm growing older you know I'm I'm 28 years old so um, I've, I've built a career of, of music over the last six years. I think it's wise uh, for musicians to be dabbling in, 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 in other things as well and different streams of income. And I think it's very important um, to look into it. In terms of NFTs and stuff, I, I wish I was a bit more um, in the know about it. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe, Daniel, you can, you can teach me about it um, <laughs> and how it works. I wish I was a bit more in the know, but yeah, definitely. It's, it, I, I'm I'm definitely looking into like again looking into doing stuff with properties and whatnot. You know, built, um, one of uh, in fact, P one of the one of the um, 
things that I wanted to do was set like a studio up, um, an external studio away from, you know, just like a unit where I can, you know, charge for sessions, uh, rent sessions with good equipment uh, at competitive rates for like kids around the area and stuff that they can they can come and use it without having to pay an arm and a leg. So it's it's kind of, you know, looking at those things. I'm actually doing a studio set up in Bangladesh currently um, working on that at the moment. Mm. Hence why I'm, you know, going back and forth and stuff. But yeah, it's just these things that different streams of income because your music is great, but having more, you know, where 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 else can we maximize and you know and my family come from a restaurant background so in my in my in my background i'm looking at the catering industry thinking hang on if there's something here that we can invest in and do something with um one of my ideas was to do like a a cafe studio kind of thing where it's a studio upstairs and a cafe downstairs kind of thing so yeah like there, there, there was loads of i had loads of ideas and loads of things that i wanted to do but yeah um plenty to think about nice um Nish, for our listeners, um, if they're starting off, what would be one advice you give them? And I think let's split this up to someone that's talented in terms of they can sing, they can rap, right? And someone who might not be that talented in those aspects, but want to get into the music industry. What advice would you give them? Like one advice starting off. One of the best things I would would say for anyone... And I kind of think it applies to most industries anyway, most creative industries. Find what you're good at. That's one of the first things. Find out what makes, what is your skill set? What's your asset in this case? If you're a singer, if you're good at singing, you're 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 going to be in the, in the singing. You'll be a vocalist, right? If you're not so good at singing, but hang on, you might be good at producing. Stick to being a producer. Be what you're good at. Because the best thing that you could do is pinpoint something and literally be the be a killer at that be the best at that whether it's you know there's there is there is space for everyone there is a, there was there is a, a slice of the cake for every single person uh if you try and basically pinpoint what you're what you're good at there's remember the saying of the whole uh you know and, and this kind of applies to me because i try and do everything but sometimes being a jack of all trades make me a master of none but but however that comes with uh that comes with a price because i'm still i still do music and stuff but then at the same time i'm dabbling into other stuff as well um but i feel like after all of the stuff that's gone in my career and all of the all of the dealings that i dealt with uh it's more just about learning process rather than me trying to master everything i feel like i'm just trying to learn everything um but um yeah one of the best advices that i would say is pinpoint what you're good at if you can figure out what you're good at go for that because that's going to be what's going to take you forward don't appreciate it you just killed my rap dream but appreciate it <laughs> Oli, 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 your, 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 your rap dream might be over but your dancing dream is still alive bro. <laughs> Nisha question on um, inspiration for you in the music business you've mentioned some names right mm-hmm. Dr. Dre Timberland who who inspires you from a talent standpoint and business standpoint and beyond your from, genre, right? From a young age, it's very, very easy. I have a few. I've got a few names. Ryan Leslie is one of them. I don't know if you guys have ever mm, heard of Ryan Leslie. Of course, of course. I'm a yeah, big Arles yeah. fan. I've, I've, I've been in contact with Arles. I've been to his, because he was one of the first people that made me, made me understand. I made me believe that so yo, someone can rap, someone can sing, someone can produce and still be that person. And obviously for me, the GOAT is Drake. Uh, Drake is a great example of exactly how to be a billionaire, uh, always relevant over the last 15 years, 
be mm. relevant amongst amongst the best and still be super talented as well. Drake is 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 an unbelievable talent. Nice. Love that. And so so Nish, I think we we we've spoken extensively about the the business perspective and but as mentioned in the intro you've had to overcome the the personal challenges as well so mm-hmm. how how have, how have those experiences been and has that also shaped your perspective on the music career or has that has that had an impact on what you're trying to do from a long-term perspective how, how has that been i think the truth is when i was uh we're talking about my um my, my diagnosis right as well mm-hmm. like is that i can i can i can include it into the sure so i mean if, if you're I, okay I was, to talk you know, no, of course, of course. Um, so I was diagnosed in uh, November 2020 with chronic myeloid leukemia, which is a form of blood cancer. Now, at the time, obviously, I was very shocked. And I think my family were, were super shocked. I thought at that point, damn, I don't think I can do music anymore um, because I was in hospital. I was receiving treatment. I, I still receive ca- uh, chemotherapy to this day, but things are a little bit more stable now. So it's it's kind of going, going well. But I, I feel like, what it's done is made me readjust and realign. So what was happening before I was diagnosed, I was traveling a lot. You know, I was quite reckless in terms of traveling as in like, I wouldn't look after my body. What I mean by that is I would travel back to back, go to States, come back, go to Bangladesh, come back, go here, come back, go there. And, and it would be back to back traveling, flying and, and what have you not, um, not eating well, not sleeping well, not drinking enough water, just these kind of fundamentals that I felt like played a part with how I how I feel after and how I feel today as well I think after my illness and after my diagnosis I I did think that it was going to come in the way of me living my life normally one of the main things is I can't fly as much uh, at the beginning especially because I was a high risk of a stroke or a heart attack if I fly too much so that was obviously a big a big deal I felt like I couldn't you know be in the studio for too long I'll get headaches. I'll get. I'll just have these these you know these problems. I'll, uh, the chemotherapy. There would be some good days where I feel good, and some days where I feel really bad. I'm in bed the whole day. So it's really about picking and choosing my moments. And one of the things that I did was, I used to spend a lot of late nights in the studio. Hmm. I just flipped it. I kind of treated my studio as a nine to five job. I'd go in in the morning at nine. I'd finish up at five, and I'd spend the rest of the day with my family or whoever, um, with my friends. So that was kind of one of the main major things I did. I started eating better, drinking plenty of water and just staying on top of it. And it's unfortunate because it took something as major as a cancer diagnosis for me to kind of get into that routine because I had in my brain, I was thinking nothing's wrong with me. No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And in a way, I felt like COVID, although financially we took a massive hit, like anyone in the performing industry took a huge, huge hit. Our work was done for about, for about 18 months, we didn't get any work. We didn't get any, we didn't get any shows. I felt like how COVID, me getting diagnosed during the COVID period helped me just realign myself um, musically. I think now I've, I've never felt more creative than I did before. Uh, so than I did now, sorry, beg your pardon. So, and it's weird because, you know, people ask me about it, oh, about my, my cancer diagnosis, me living with CML, uh, chronic myeloid leukemia to this day shooting videos flying and stuff and i've just not let it come in the way with what i'm doing i've just let it be a part of who i am the chemotherapy and the medication is just a part of my routine a part of my timetable you know nothing changed it's more a case of just picking and choosing the right moments 
That's powerful stuff. Powerful, powerful stuff. Man. And I think any anyone that's listening and thinking about um, which area should I go into or things that I should do, challenges will come up. But I think the challenge that you've had is probably one of the biggest that anyone could uh, could face when it comes to life threatening illnesses. And I think the way that you've positioned it, the way that you've gone through it, is really inspiring to hear. And I think it's really going to inspire lots of people. And looking forward to seeing. Uh, all the Thank big you. future success, man. I think this is just the tip of the the iceberg, and you've already achieved so much as we've we've discussed. Okay, great. So then, I think um, Nish, thank you for for covering so much ground in your in your in your answers. I think you've really shared a lot. And any field that the listeners are in, any form of business, any form of personal development, I think there's so much that we can take from your from your story. So just a big thanks again for for coming on to share your your story and your your journey so far. Now, just before we close the episode, we have our quick fire five questions that we ask to every guest you are limited to answer in a few words maximum one sentence and then we'll 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 see what comes top of mind for you is that good cool perfect so nish question number one what is the worst piece of advice you've received don't follow your dreams who said that can you name names or no (laughs) i can't remember a lot yeah, it's, it, that's just the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> Someone said it. I can't remember. Who it was They're clearly not that important. That's why I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they listen to this episode, your advice got completely ignored. Whoever said that, but yeah. no, that's a that's a definitely a Probably piece of advice. That I think we're all happy that you didn't listen to that. Question number two: What is the best piece of advice you've received? Be the best version of yourself love that and i think that comes through in everything that you're that you're doing and that you're planning to do in the future as well question number three nish um what's a piece of content that you're loving at the moment can be a book can be a movie can be a, a tv series what do you prefer whatever you you like i'm hooked on uh all of the avengers stuff so i've been watching uh, <laughs> all of the disney plus uh all of the disney plus stuff so yeah is there, is there any particular superhero that you like? This is this is a bonus question. Any particular superhero? Ant Man is Ant Man is my favorite superhero. Just as a character, <laughs> I think Ant Man is so funny. I love Ant Man. Oh man, I did not expect that. But Ant Man, he does have his uh, <laughs> does have his magic. Does have his magic. Yeah. Question question number four. Um, something that you're curious to learn more about at the moment. Video color grading. Mm, what's 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 that? Tell us more. So video color grading is basically. Uh, it's so when you once you uh, so I can do it to an extent, but I feel like it's a it's a whole different um, it's a whole different industry. It's uh, to be a colorist, you have to understand color. So once you record something like a it, how to get it like a cinematic feel and how to make it, it it's it's through video and like music videos and stuff. But color grading is what something that I really want to get into um, because it's just so interesting how you can go from a raw piece of footage to a cinematic look mm. okay well i mean hopefully from the sounds of it you're going to have a movie career at some point so once you've got the first movie ready i think you can send us four tickets our way we'll come join the premiere so we'll do. last last question nish it's what does take flight mean to you it means to excel i would say take flight taking flight is is meaning to excel that's just the first thing that kind of comes to my head um, uh, do you want me to elaborate on it or? Sure. No, why not? Uh, because I feel like taking flight is such a powerful thing to say. It, it's very concise. It's because whatever whatever's holding you down 
if once you take flight, you're kind of in your own airspace. Then um, the decisions you make are yours, and you're doing you're doing your thing, and you're you're elevating yourself. So yeah, like I said, it's it, to excel. That's in in a nutshell what I would say. Love that, man. And I think the the story that you've shared today, the insights that you've shared, I think it really embodies your definition of of take flight, which is excelling in everything that you've done. And you've really had to overcome a lot, Nish. So we really appreciate the time. Shout out Thank Big you. Bro Naeem for being the plug for uh, for this interview. Much love to you Plugging as well. And, and I'm sure uh, on behalf of the guys and everyone of the take flight audience, uh, we've we've loved having you on. Hopefully we can have you on again sometime in the future when you're releasing movie premieres and everything else. So no, we'd love to have <laughs> thank you, you back. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you. I appreciate no, you no guys having me on. Nish, before you finish, Nish, do you want to pl- plug anything? Where can the audience listeners find you? Is there any projects that you're working on? We'll obviously put your details in the in the. Um, so you guys can follow me on all social medias at Music by Nish. So that's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, YouTube.com forward slash I am Nish Music. Uh, but if you type in Nish N-I-S-H you'll be the first one to come up but yeah uh, if you've not heard my music would appreciate if you'd you know give it a give it a listen and uh, yeah let me know give me some feedback and give it multiple listens as well this is all about passive income guys we need to get those streams up they're they're very very high already let's keep them rolling let's keep them rolling you've got a few streams for me today for sure that's (laughs) it thank you I appreciate it I appreciate it Daniel for all of our listeners, we thank you for joining us on another episode of Take Flight Podcast. Joined by Nish, we hope you found it enlightening, inspiring as always, and hearing his journey so far and wishing him continued success for the future. As always, if you have any feedback for us, you can find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast. Alternatively, you can email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, stay safe, look after one another, and God bless. Peace. Go. Take off, take flight.